You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hi. You're rolling with Jason John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Hope you're having a pleasant hump day so far. Be flying solo, but not really solo, because I've got my navigator, my Sulu, Brad Carson, with me. John Martin is on the injury report, as Jeff, Jeff Calkins reported this morning, with non-COVID illness. Oh, is that? It's yeah. not he, COVID. He was hanging out with John Moran and Jake Laravia. I got you. He's yeah. on the uh, IR. So, so he's, he's out for today. But he's got the meds, I'm told, and hopefully we'll have him back maybe as soon as tomorrow. Could be two days, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, either way, we're going to hold it down here at the Fort Brad Carson. Got a lot to celebrate in Knoxville. Undefeated oh, Tennessee, wow. yep, earned the number one spot in the college football playoffs. First top 25 ranking last night. We said as much that Tennessee should be number one, especially with the resume. Best resume in college football right now, and certainly the best win with their win over Alabama. So congrats to them. It's the first of six. We'll see where they're at after this weekend showdown with Georgia. The Philadelphia Phillies, Brad. Oh. Mm. Now, we got Tennessee right in college football playoff rankings, but boy, did your boys, at least me and John, get it wrong on the World Series. We said Astros in five. That's dead. That is totally dead at this point, and they're in Philly, and Philly is rolling. Man. Philly's rolling. 7-0 win last night. Bombs, Ooh. bombs, bombs off Lance McCullers Jr. <laughs> Gave up five of them, didn't he? Yeah. A yeah. record most homers surrendered by a pitcher in a World Series game. Uh, game four tonight. Yes. Maybe my Astros can pick themselves off the mat. It's not looking good for my man Dusty Baker right now, who was, I was hoping would win his first World Series as a manager. They could have got that. Uh, Dusty probably could have got him out a little sooner than the fifth I inning. think so. I think so. Certainly didn't need to set any records. Um, mm. That said, those bats were also silent yes, last were. night. They were. Memphis Grizzlies back in action tonight. That's what we care about around here. That might be the bright spot. Looking to make it a 2-2 two and two road trip. You're right. Hopefully it will be uh, with a win tonight over Portland that will be without Dame Lillard. That's good news. What's not good news is that this Portland Trailblazers team is playing very well. 5-1 and one on the early season. Again, uh, will not have Dame Lillard tonight, but... Um, Anthony Simons and others have been good for Portland. You cannot take this team lightly, obviously. Uh, Memphis, obviously, some good news on the injury report. The fact that Brandon Clark, who had the finger injury, is not on it. That's good. Also, uh, Adams had the jaw soreness. Mm-hmm. Bain, ankle soreness last game. Both listed as questionable, usually for the Grizzlies. That means you're going to play. And then what's this I see, Brad, breaking news about the Commanders? Daniel Snyder finally going to sell, or he's this exploring options. Huh? He's hired yeah. the Bank of America, I see, the headlines. ESPN headlines, Snyder's hire Bank of America, and they are, the word here is exploring uh, selling the commanders. That that means that's good. Feels like first steps yeah. towards him giving up control, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And listen, this is long overdue. I mean, I, I will say this, the rest of the league don't want you in. No. is it? I, I know this thing's, you know, Snyder's making goo-goo and gaga money off this thing, but when yeah. you are as hated as he is in mm-hmm. this league, you want to keep going to those meetings where those guys are saying you should yeah. be out? I mean, when you can also make a boatload selling this thing, obviously, I just think, you know, with all the heat on him, the investigation right now that we still have yet to see what's going to come out of all of it. Um, he can make a $5 bye billion. Bye. You also, 
Yeah, I know you're going. making annual money on this, but you're going to make five billion profit after buying it for he, about eight hundred and ninety nine. So he can go buy an island, and then where where he can pay everybody to love him there. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's so it. it makes a lot of sense to get on out. It sure does. Uh, folks have been pushing for this for a while. Maybe these are the first steps to it happening. Before we uh, get to today's open. Let's uh, set up the show. Well, Mark Giannato, we're going to have him at 1125 like we do regularly on Wednesdays. He's got, he's got a column up at commercialfield.com about Ryan Silverfield and the opportunity he and this Memphis team have on Saturday against number 25 UCF. That's another big game this weekend, certainly big around here for Ryan Silverfield yeah. and that team. Obviously, you were running out of opportunities to restore faith. Right in in yourself and uh, 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 you know the 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 idea that you are this man for the the man for the yeah. job going forward. That's a big opportunity for Ryan Silverfield to get some of that faith back. You feel like, and then around one thirty, around that um, again with Belize time. Okay. I believe they are actually an hour before us until we kick in with the daylight savings, or excuse me, we go back to standard time. Right, fall and, back, and then they come back with us. Okay. So it's weird in Belize in terms hmm. of time in terms of time zone. Sometimes he's with Memphis, sometimes he's okay. not. It switches back over. He's going to call one thirty our Smith. time. Yeah, Les Smith, right. former Fox thirteen investigative reporter. My father, I visited Excellent. him recently in Belize. And listen, here, here's the news on him. Right now, this minute, they've got a hurricane one, uh, a cat, excuse me, a category one hurricane. I believe hmm. it's Hurricane Lisa. I'm just getting up to snuff on this. He had mentioned it last week. Okay, um, it's bearing down on them today. Hmm. Bearing down on Belize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. We're going to talk to him about about that and staying safe. But also, Bears got Claypool yesterday. That was a busy NFL trade deadline. It it feels like there's so much to get to. Busy NFL trade deadline yesterday. I think the Bears got better. Dad's excited about the Claypool deal. We'll talk about Tennessee, Georgia, John Morant, and a whole bunch more uh, when we get to him around 1.30. So that's the show. Like we said, lots to get to. I'm almost out of breath because it feels like there, there. there's so much to, to pull from the buffet here. Mm-hmm. But I want to start with a question, Brad, Okay, if you will allow me. I will. Why does it feel like, and, and I'm a guy who covered that University of Memphis basketball program, obviously, very closely for six years as the beat writer of the Commercial Appeal. Yep. So, so I feel like I got a pretty good gauge on these things year to year. Why does it feel like there is significantly less buzz around that program going into this season? And, and, and maybe a second question, could that be a good thing? Uh, we won't spend as much time on that as the reasons for what feels like less buzz. I, I, I think significantly less, maybe some would argue with me. You are in that time where we're still in football mode. As, as, as my man Jeffrey Wright would say, we still got football brain. Right. And so always this transition over to basketball early November is a little odd, and it takes some time, but come on. Yeah. I mean, last couple of years, around you know whether it was the James Wiseman year or uh, uh, Jalen Duran and Monty Bates, there has been a buzz, a palpable buzz. Yes. Years two, where you'd have to factor in, they've started the year ranked. How much of it is that? Memphis not starting the year this year in the preseason top 25. Is that some of before Before, because I'm interested in your thoughts, Brad. Yep. Uh, but before we do, some facts, real quick, set it up. You've got arguably the best player in the AAC in Kendrick Davis, right? We, we yes. know you, you have answered a question that's been hanging over this program, and I'm speaking of Penny Hardaway, and going out and getting Kendrick Davis from the transfer portal, obviously a coveted guy everybody wanted. You have answered finally that point guard question for a year. You're done. Because Kendrick Davis can do it all. Started 32 games last year. You know most of the stats by heart now, but it, it, it makes some sense to run through them again because 
remember, this is a guy who was player of the year last year, has a chance to do it again in CBS Sports, I believe, and others have him second-team All-American this year. 19 points last year, 3.8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.5 steals. year before at SMU, 19 points, 7.6 assists. That was fourth in the NCAA. Right, So you've got a guy, back to the point, that can do it all. Uh, again, a guy who can knock down the three-pointer uh, 37% a couple of years ago, uh, a guy who can distribute, find open guys, make the game easier for your offense. And frankly, it feels like that's what Memphis has been lacking right, for the last couple of years as a guy to unlock that offense. Yep. And Kendrick Davis is that guy. So if you're talking about excitement level, you're going in with, again, arguably the best player in the league. You talk about DeAndre Williams, we've been through it, a vet. A, a, a guy who, you know, on any night in the AAC can give you a double-double with his energy and activity. We know he is sort of the heartbeat. I, I would call, even is, with Kendrick Davis clearly the leader, he's going to have the ball in his hands, I would still call DeAndre Williams the heartbeat because for yep. a lot of the time that he's been at Memphis, the Tigers go as he goes. You know, if DeAndre Williams is in foul trouble, Gonzaga last year, and you know, yeah. things begin to usually – begin to and can start to unravel in those situations. Now, uh, he, he's been a stalwart, essentially, for Memphis, and the fact that, was he 25, 26 years <laughs> yes. old, gives you an advantage. Again, going through the things that are good for Memphis this season in terms of what you're going into. And, and here's another thing, Brad. This is a good non-conference schedule. Yeah. You know, in previous years, you might say, well, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not very excited about that non-conference schedule. What's it going to get you? And it's even more critical, Brad, in this year, your non-conference schedule and being successful, why? Because you will have so few opportunities to get quality wins in conference. Houston's really the only good thing in it yep. in terms of picking up quality wins. So last year, Brad, I think it was 6-4 and four in your non-conference. If you want to be better than a nine seed, you're going to have to be good against what's a good non-conference schedule. We've mentioned it before, five SEC opponents, just a couple of bye games. Hell, one of those is against you know your former assistant, a Tigers player in Tony Madlock. Mm-hmm. So we all get that when you're helping out Tony Madlock. But back to the point. The, the schedule's good yeah. for the most part. especially Again, good. there are opportunities in that non-conference to help yourself if you don't have the kinds of s- slow start. Remember, last year they started 5-0, and oh, but once they got into the thick of it, yep. slowed down, you finished 6-4. and four. If you can get to a smoother start right against yes. this non-conference schedule, you can set yourself up possibly for something better than 9-6. Most pundits... Brad, Gary I've listened to, Jeff Goodman, John's had on, we've had on, uh, others across the, the nation, college basketball folks, seem to think quietly, there's a quiet confidence about Memphis that sure, yeah, they're not starting the season ranked, but this is a team that's going to make the tournament. Yeah. Look at Kendrick Davis, look at all the veteran leadership they have, and then look at a guy like Keontae Kennedy, who you're hoping can come in, contribute immediately. We'll, we'll see on Demarie Franklin. More, more on that later, obviously, with UIC holding things up. But there is a lot to like in terms of experience. The question is going to be, obviously, before we get to our question is, does it all come together quickly enough? Because, again, we've stressed how important the non-conference schedule is going to be this year. All of that said, here's the other facts. You start the year unranked, like we said. You don't have this headline-grabbing freshman class like you've had in the past. And let's be real. Memphis basketball, in terms of followers and attention, it's buzzing when, when, when it comes to recruiting and when it is at a top five, 
number one in the country where Penny Hardaway has had it, there's an extra level of buzz. Because why, Brad? You feel like you're seeing the next star that you're going to see next year in the NBA. Oh, for whatever it is, and we, we can, you know, people have used the one and done thing as, as a reason not to watch college basketball. But let's not let's let's not be fake here. When you get them, you are excited about them. And Memphis was certainly with Jalen Durant and, and and the mix of team we thought last year with with some obviously some experience with DeAndre Williams and others. Th- there was more excitement, and so 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 now we we come to this year like we mentioned unranked uh, new guys, and it just doesn't feel like it's. I'm not saying there's a problem here. I'm just noting that I don't sense the typical buzz that I have in previous years. Yeah. Brad, I'll pose it to you. Sure. Uh, Some of the things we laid out are obvious. But other than the obvious, not starting the year ranked, what what do you think is is some of the reasons? Well, you know, how much of it's the Grizzlies? Yeah. You know, and Ja Morant, uh, some other things. What what, what do you think? I, I think this is a different year, and you laid it out really well. Because this is the first year we don't have the headline grabbing. And I wrote down six players. I wrote down Josh Minot, who, who left earlier than I think we all anticipated. You know, you, you, but had the quick twitch NBA athleticism, yes. so you couldn't wait to see him. And then we saw him when they needed and injuries last year. He stepped up in the time yeah. that they did. I wanted to see Josh Minot as a second-year college player, I'll be honest with you. So he's, they, and, and good for him. Well, you're not keeping him when you get drafted second no, round. And get the you got to go. Did. You got to sure. go. But what happens when you have that much talent and they leave a little earlier than anticipated is you have Minot. Lester Quinones, I think, a lot of was we were on the fence with him too, and obviously it looks like Golden State was too. After bringing him in, he got paid, which is great for him. He's probably going to play with their G League team. That's what it looks like. But you lost Lester as well. Tyler Harris. Tyler Harris was a fan favorite. Forget the results. Sometimes I'm glad you, know, you brought that up. Yeah. Tyler Harris was one of my favorite players on mm-hmm. that team, um, and he's he's no longer on the team, yeah. so he's going to be playing in South Florida this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Nolly was another guy who, you know, shooting this could have provided. Mm-hmm. That's obviously one of the questions for the Tigers going in. He's playing for Cincinnati now. Yeah, just in terms of a guy you knew could knock down a shot. Yeah, you you know less. You know about less. about this team, even though. You know, we, we see Kendrick Davis's resume, but in terms of these other guys, Demaria, Keontae Kennedy, yeah. you know, what KO is going to provide, there's more questions. That's to right. Your point. Yeah, and he was one of your shooters, too. I'm not saying that's why fans are upset. I'm saying tactically, he could hit some shots for you a, a, lot, of, a lot of those games. I say all that to say, I don't even know if any of that is the reason why. Man, f- we are just now, and this has been a weird year here at the radio station because it's the first year post-COVID where we're sort of reacclimating to the ca- calendar year a of regular what, schedule. what it looks like. Like, this was yeah. the first summer, because we were busting our butts so much to get through COVID, this summer we were looking at each other like, whoa, we're back, we're back to normal. We're talking about baseball more. We're waiting for college football. And I think that all of that plays into a formula that lands us to a different strategy for Penny Hardaway because he's not recruiting a high – he's doing the tr- grad transfers. He's, hopefully we'll get the transfer from UIC with, with that waiver. I don't, we'll see about that. We'll talk more about that with Mark. Um, so I think it's a show-it-to-me year. Much like Silverfield where we were like, there's no high-profile stuff except for the quarterback. For Penny, I think if you come out and you beat Vandy, which is going to be a tough game to win on the road – you beat St. Louis, which I don't think fans understand how good St. Louis is. You know, you win some of these early games, and then you get into the non-con against ranked teams like Auburn and Alabama. I think this program, which is a little different than football, you'll see the fans come around by December. It's just a different year. 
Yeah. Is, is that, that does that sort of? I don't think that answers some the question. Some of them. I, I, you mentioned fans being upset. I don't think anybody's upset. Or you, you kind of mentioned that in terms of the recruiting or whatever. Is, I, I, yeah, I, no, the I, upset's probably a strong word. How about I say just it's different. It, it, it is different, and 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 again, it's I, I think it's sort of the unknown yeah. uh, in in terms of will the chemistry come together quickly? Those kinds of things, you know. In in, in terms of Memphis this season, um, there I'm glad you mentioned Tyler because while you do still have the the Alos and the Malcolm Dandridges, yeah. Tyler was a was a a, a case in which you knew how much it meant to him. To play for Memphis, Alo in much the same boat. Alo, yeah. a guy who's going to pop, you know, pop the Memphis on his chest. He's playing for Memphis as opposed to playing for like those yeah. guys. Back to the point, they do make you root more, yeah. right? When it's when it's a Memphis area kid, Absolutely. and sure, you know, it's it's one and Tyler, but but Tyler was one of those guys, and it come through for you. Let's not forget, he helped you turn around last season, especially that Tulsa game that those coaches point to and said was the turnaround point. Last year, he won some important games you, for you. You decide to go a different direction. That said, even without a Tyler Harris, to your point, if Memphis gets off to a great start, two and zero start on the road, people will start yep. to get the buzz. Will come. It'll come very quickly. Oh. That's what happens in Memphis. It boils down to as simple as that. If you look like a winner, yep. right, they'll jump on relatively quickly. I do think it's fair to say there's less buzz, but I will say this: I think this is it. May be it might be a good thing. For I agree this with that. program, it is always it, it's it, it's always felt like. And Penny dropped this saying, you know, a while back before last. But but the all the smoke, yeah. you know, we won it all. That's where it feels like Memphis has been Penny's first four seasons. It feels like here in in, in year five, coming off a great year last year, where you make the ter- give Gonzaga after winning a game in the tournament, give Gonzaga all they want. It almost feels like Brad that that in this in in this year, Penny Hardaway right. There, there's momentum there. Uh, you, you compared it uh, real quick because because as I'm making that point, I was thinking about what you said about Silverfield and how it's it's similar in that there's I, I do think it's two different places. They, well, I think with football, what Silverfield was saying was let we're just gonna win. The problem is when you lose and that's your strategy. The similarity is it it does. The trajectory can be the same if you start losing. Like, if you start off 0-2, I promise you, there are not going to be as many fans of that VCU game as if you're 2-0. To go back to the point, I feel like Memphis is in sort of a position where we're saying and trying to spend this positive where maybe they're yeah. laying in the weeds a little bit. That's Whereas funny. for Memphis football, it was you need to prove it right now. <laughs> Penny's yeah. coming off a season where he made the tournament. That prove it year felt like last year. Right. You know, you've got to make the tournament. You haven't made it. Yeah. It feels like, to me, they're coming in sort of laying in the weeds. And, yeah. and less attention, less headlines. And my point is... Maybe that's a good thing for this program in a sense where it's been look at us, look at us, look at us the first four years. Well, fewer are looking to start, and maybe that's a good thing for them. Yeah, Again, I, yeah. m- more so than who's watching or anything, What's go- what it's going to come down to is whether this team can shoot. We are in a different year than the past three years in that we've had the big madness. We were like, how many people are going to be at madness? This year they didn't have a madness. I, I'm glad you brought and, the madness and, point. We didn't bring that up either. And that's even a- on this radio station, our guys were going, hey, did you look how poorly attended madness was? I Here's my thing. We've been worried about that for so long that I think it is time maybe as fans and maybe as a program they stopped worrying about it and they decided, you know what, we're going a different direction here. Yeah, We need I, to put up. I, look, Penny Hardaway is going to make headlines uh, again, and he's going to have uh, probably a number one recruiting class at some point again. So, so I'm not saying you go away from all the time here, all the smoke. Right. At some point, you're probably. That's but, fun. but I'm saying in this year where it's different, like you mentioned, yeah. because you've gone out and most of these guys are transfers. 
maybe it could be a good thing in this year where Penny's done it a little bit different with roster construction. I'm, I'm Listen, season starts on Monday. Yeah, it's here, Against man. Vandy, and then I think, what, they got a week and a day before St. Louis? Yep, so, we, so next Tuesday. So we're going to learn a lot about this team here coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, while there does feel like there's a little bit less buzz, we didn't bring in the Grizzlies, dude. No. like I, I don't I don't you, factor that as you, much you, as some You folks hate do. to pit Grizzlies versus no. Tigers, and we're not doing that, but I do think, uh, Brad, I think the when, John you got, Morant thing? when you got a superstar like John well, Morant in your town, you know, uh, 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 yeah. more attention is paid to him on a game-to-game basis than anything else in this town. I think that's fair. Where where that hurts you that's, is more with my kid, who's 14, and your kid probably, who's not seen Memphis do what we all think and want for the program to do. The next, Me- the next yeah. generations of fans. Meanwhile, my dad, my this is the first year Jake has done fantasy NBA league, and I'm like, what? Why is the baseball team? is doing a fantasy NBA league. That tells you everything you need to know because they weren't doing that three years ago. We were mm-hmm. worried about who is uh, Musa Cisse and where is Tyler Harris and what's up with Alo and what's the roster and smoke and you know what's Penny rolling up in FedEx form driving, you know, and I think – but I do think it's really important, and I don't mean to overstate it. you got to start off hopefully 2-0 and with some really tough teams. Like it's going to be hard to beat Vanderbilt and, and St. Louis in a week later. You know, well, That's the thing. You can, you can get people excited quickly, especially if you win the first couple of road games, but I do think if you do go – if you're talking – uh, I think there's 11 non-conference games this year. Yeah. If you're talking a 6-5 and five, or I, I I do think with with the Grizzlies and t- people's attention, oh I think that can get true. turned away absolutely quickly. Can you get it back later in the season? Sure. Mm-hmm. Memphis has done that the last couple of years in turning around their seasons. Uh, first one you come up a little bit short. Second one last year you break through. You actually make the tournament. But again, hopefully for the Tigers, it's a much smoother start. You get people on board. You you jump into the rankings sure. relatively quickly. I think you can with this non conference schedule. Sure. And then you're you're off and rolling. As a fan and and being real with you for a second, I hope they at least split those first two because I, I think it's going to be hard. It'll be two quality road wins right there. Yeah, if you beat St. Louis might win, the con- might win its conference. Yeah, like St. Louis is a top 30. Like, if you look some of these rankers, like, they're in the top 30 mm-hmm. with the power rankings. So that's a good team. You got five SEC yeah, Van, including Vandy, you got five SEC opponents. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a quality <laughs> non-conference schedule. You need it again with so few quality opponents in league uh, this year. But again, uh, feels like a little less excitement. That said, I think it could be a good thing I agree. for this team and this program going to the season. I, I like the idea of Memphis laying in the weeds. Going to need some Keontae Kennedy, Demario Franklin. Hopefully you can get him. Th- those guys will be key to this because, again, it looks like you, you got to get something behind Kendrick and DeAndre. You know, that, that third, fourth guy going to be so critical. Um, but I, I, laying in the weeds, man. Ready, ready, ready to jump on some the, folks. That's where I'm at with Memphis basketball. The waiver for Franklin would be nice, right? Yeah. Uh, and apparently I, I saw from part of the story today that they're going to put it in today. Yeah. I wish they'd done it a little sooner since You're UIC has looked for like Vandy. for a while that they – oh, no. no. They, uh, the father was hoping it would take a, you know just a yeah. week, but I, you know with these things with the NCAA, who knows how long it could take. Yep. You are likely not going to have Franklin to start the season. It's a guy who could, could again, might, might end up being your third, fourth leading yeah. scorer. You could use him. Penny's talked highly about him, how he's one of the best players on the team. He was saying that about DeAndre Williams, too, a couple of years ago, and he was absolutely right. So Tigers uh, start the season on Monday at Vandy. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much of a buzz they can create with a, maybe a couple of wins on the road to start the year. Uh, we're going to get to Mark Giannato next. He's coming up. Before we do that, start NFL Week Nine off 
right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel, if you've already got an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlay is the perfect way, a fun way, to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. What you're looking at on Thursday, you got Eagles at Texans. Ugh! This one should be pretty one-sided. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills, uh, I'd go under on the passing yards. Jalen Hurts over on the rushing yards. Philly's a 14-point favorite, I think. They just disposed of the Steelers pretty convincingly. I think they're going to do the same here with maybe probably the worst team in football. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you and FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app, so they make it easy. They've got the parlays already set up, too, if you want to pick one of those. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up again with promo code JSmith if you don't already have an account. If you already have FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL and, of course, of 929FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. Three-plus legs, minimum dollar bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet five bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. I'm Michael Jenkins helping you beat the books at QL. One star is back in the lineup for his team while another is still on the mend in the NBA. John Morant returned to the Grizzlies lineup against the Jazz earlier this week, but Portland will still be without Damian Lillard when the teams meet tonight in Portland. With no Lillard in the lineup, the BetQL model is favoring Memphis in this matchup. The Grizzlies are slight favorites on the road, but the BetQL five-star play of the day is to take Memphis over. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Portland. His name is Mark Giannato. I feel like that's necessary with the Metallica in the background. Award-winning sports columnist for the commercial field, co-host of the Giannato and Jeffrey Show, which you can hear right here on 92.9 from 2 to 4 every day. You can follow him on Twitter at mgiannato. Read him at commercialappeal.com. He joins us now. And, Mark, I'm glad you're here uh, because you have worn those University of Memphis basketball beat writer shoes beautifully in the past, and you certainly know the Pulse, having gone on to columnists since. I've worn those shoes before, so you're a man certainly that I can ask and feel confident in the answer. Am I just making this up, or does it feel like there is, I said, significantly less buzz around the Memphis basketball program as they get set to start the season? And my second point was, maybe that's a good thing. What say you? Yeah, it kind of goes back to, I, I wrote a, column a few weeks ago when they didn't have for instance they didn't have 
and I think this plays into your theory here that there's not a lot of buzz. They didn't have a pro day this year or a public pro day that's this right. year, you know. And I I said then maybe that's a good maybe that's a good thing, and it plays into that, you know, like there pen there hasn't there isn't as much buzz. There's also a part of me that thinks maybe that's what they want. Like, they didn't do Memphis Madness this year. They didn't have a public pro day. Um, like, isn't that – that's? there's not a lot of buzz, but I think it's the effect of something they made a calculated decision on with some of the things they're mm-hmm. doing. And it doesn't seem like – you know, it didn't seem like Penny was against not having Memphis Madness. It didn't – you know, it didn't seem – it seemed like the pro day not opening and it was his idea. You know, and so it's uh, and just in general, his I've noticed his tone is just a little different. Like when he was at AAC Media Day, it wasn't we're you know like you know we're disrespected or anything like that. It was Uh like we got a lot to prove. Mm -hmm. You know, Houston's the lead dog. You know, Houston's the standard. You know, and you know we've got a tough. This is a great league. You know, he was sounded more like your typical college basketball veteran AAC college basketball coach. And and I I I'm I don't mind it. You know, I, I think it's you know it's a more muted preseason, but I also think when you hear him talk, if he has everything that he brought in, and that's a big if at this moment, he feels pretty good about the group he put together. Um, and I think he also has acknowledged sort of, you know, he acknowledged after that last preseason game, it felt like to me more so than ever before, acknowledged like, hey, like we're going to have this shooting issue and we'll, we'll have to figure it out in some form or fashion. Um, and so I think he's got a good handle on what his situation is right now. Um, but in terms of but, and I think all of that, none of that's like Precious Achua and James Wiseman are here or right. Amani Bates and Jalen Duran are here. None of that is like, that's all interesting, but it's not the, the, the pizzazz of that. And then I think another factor is, you know, the Grizzlies are bigger now. With John Moran. I brought that up with Moran. And and I think, you know, rightfully so. I mean, they were they with with what Ja is doing and and what the Grizzlies did last season, there was, you know, a lot more interest, I think, in in the Grizzlies right off the bat this year. And I'm not put pitting the two together, two against each other. I'm not one of those people who thinks, oh, like both teams can't be popular at the same time. Like I'm not one of those people. I just think right now the Grizzlies are really popular, and if the Tigers win some games, they'll be popular too. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you know, like if they start off quick. If they start off quick, like I said to you, like there's no buzz, but in some ways, it's good that they're st- because of that. They're starting the season on the road in their first on their first two games, and there's like a week of of a week gap between the two. Yeah, I so mentioned that. Saw they're that. not going to have their first home game till November 20th, mm-hmm. almost two weeks after they started the season is when their first home game is going to occur against VCU. But if they're 2-0 and after beating Vanderbilt and St. Louis on the road, a St. Louis team that's like a projected NCAA tournament team yeah. this year, but, you know, considered a, a favorite in the Atlantic 10, I mean, I think there'll be buzz going into the first home game and you, you'll, you know, you'll almost forget that the preseason kind of felt muted. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if they're good, people are going to get on board quick. I got a lot of stuff to ask you, and certainly more timely right now. You know what Ryan Silverfield and the and the football Tigers have in front of them. But last thing on Penny, real fast, because I, I mm-hmm. thought about something you said about how he sort of changed the tone this year. Sounds mm-hmm. like a veteran coach. Yeah, you know, a lot more of that coach speak stuff. Mm-hmm. Has he 
has he grown? How much has he evolved as a college basketball? The, the thing that gives me a quiet confidence about Penny is I've seen him make the adjustments. Right? Yeah. It's, it's when I watch coaches try to do the same thing over and over again, and you don't see the adjustments. You could say the last two seasons you've managed to turn around what didn't look good there for a little while, right? Those, those sorts of adjustments. We, he's we, just been through a lot. Like, think about everything he's been through. Like, he, he's, been, he's been through, like, an IARP case, and essentially an, an entire infractions case now, and come mm-hmm. out on the other end looking, you know, looking good. He's, you know, he's dealt with the, you know, this un unprecedented time in college athletics like he became a coach right as college athletics got flipped upside on its head with NIL yeah. and and the transfer portal and all that and he's adjust yeah and yeah. like so i just i i sense just a and a an earned comfort level of this is my 5th year how much else am i really like how much else am i really going to see that i don't know like he knows more of what's what he know he has the lay of the land mm-hmm. situated now and and so now he can really just focus on, you know, the little details of how he can get better as a coach. But I, I, I've always found that, you know, I, I find it's like the most endearing part of, and I think it's why people gravitate towards Penny as a coach. It's like he's really earnest about it. You know, like he wants to be, he's not just doing this for fun. Yeah. He's not just doing this to like, because he's bored. He like is really earnest and passionate about, you know, m- be, you know, using basketball with these with these whatever you want to call them teenagers, adults, young adults, using basketball the way you know he used it previously, yeah. um, and so and just becoming you know I think he wants to win a national championship. I think he's earnest about it. I don't know if he will, but um, I think it's the it's that's what to me when I look at Penny Hardaway as a coach and, and you look at why he's been so good at this it's yeah it's the cool factor but it's also it's like mixed with this earnestness Mm -hmm. beneath it all that is uh you know i think it makes him a powerful figure in college basketball and certainly here in memphis all right ryan silverfield obviously has got a huge one the tigers have got a huge one this weekend against ucf number 25 i believe in the top 25 poll so a chance here what two straight ranked opponents it feels like mark there's there's after this there are a few opportunities to get the energy back in terms of mm-hmm. what you've got left on the schedule. So I'd ask you, it's the same version of the question I asked Jeff yesterday, how important a game is this for Ryan Silverfield and, and his tenure here? I mean, it feels pretty important. I mean, in terms of, I, I just look at it, if he can win this game, you beat number 25 UCF, then you're, you know, you have a game, you, you have a chance to go on a three-game winning streak, which, you know, it, when it's this delicate, like stuff like that changes everything that in a lot of ways. That can that can stay that that to me would stave off whatever you know we've been talking about. Sure. And so you look at it like that, and then the same way, like he just needs to me, like he hasn't won a meaningful game this year. Like if you really if you really go through it, like Arkansas State is like kind of like. You're expected to win that game. We North were trying Texas. to come up with the, what's the best win. We you're, said North Texas. What are, yeah. yeah, North so, Texas, ugh. you're expected to win that game. Temple, you're expected to win that game. You know, I mean, I would probably say the at-Navy game is the best win we of the year it. right now. We considered it. That, to me, is the best win. They looked the best in, in, you know, in totality in that game, and it was on the road. Uh, I would go with at-Navy. But, like, still, like, you were – when you looked at the schedule, you go, all right. Well, you need to be you need to be one and one coming out of those first two. Like you, that you kind of, 
I know it was a tougher game, but you expected them to win that game. They haven't won like a meaningful game. And and I think either winning against UCF or going on the road at the end of the year and beating SMU would pro- probably count as a meaningful win. And that's, in my mind, what he needs more than anything else. Um, but it's weird, though, at the same time, in that should one game really like be the make or break on a guy's tenure? Like, to me, I, I don't know. It's funny. I was talking about it with some people last night. Um, and it's just like, you know, like either, you know, or you don't, you, you either, you know, you got the guy or you don't, I, you know, at, at a certain point well, and it wouldn't be so one game ish if you hadn't yeah. dropped the three in a row and especially the, the way you dropped no, and them, I, right? but that's, I would just say like, what, what if he goes out and wins three in a row? Like, should that really be what changes your mind? If he win essentially wins two games, he's supposed to win and beat, it just beats a number 25 UCF that. You know, based on what the line has done since it opened, Vegas is not expecting to have its starting quarterback. Because that line's gone from six and a half to like three and a half or three. You know, he he's officially been Concussion. ruled like day to day by Gus Malzahn this week. But you now the backup quarterback beat you last year, so it's not like you're you know. It, now that was I, when they played him last year. Seth Hennigan didn't play. That was the game he missed, and it was Peter Parrish. That's played, right. That's right. Um, at oh, yeah. UCF, and that was a miss. Yes, yeah. that was not a that was not. I, but I look at it um, as yeah, it's it's a really important game and like how, yeah, I, I in my column, I you know how many people are there, you know how what's the you know how does the team look? Is it a a win, a close loss? Do they get you know? Is it a blowout? You know, either direction um, that could change the conversation quite a bit, especially like if you lose the game, you're on a four game losing streak. Going into a Thursday night game against Tulsa, a bad Tulsa team, and then a FCS game against North Alabama. No momentum. Um, and yeah, so it's just that's going to be a tough look. And, you know, with having the, the way the schedule worked out this year, it's just a very it's it ended up being a very I don't know if unfortunate's the right word, but for Ryan, not beneficial in the sense that you had this tough start where you have to start on the road. So you, you can't like generate a ton of momentum because you don't have home games even, mm-hmm. and you got these two tough road games, and then now on the back end you've got this North Alabama game that's going to be just an awful visual. You know, usually that FCS game is the first game of the year, and so right. more people come to it because it's just the first game of the year. Whereas being the last game of the year, um, and you're not having a great year, you know, it's going to be a bad visual. Um, and so it just feels, you know, it, it, there's some things working. Uh, there's some things that could happen, it feels like, series of events that could play out that could lead either direction. And that's what's so fascinating about the situation right now. That's what it feels like to me. Like, he, he may well be the coach next year. He also may not be. I think that's where that's that is literally what the situation is right now, and it really depends on what happens over these next four games. How that, how exactly that goes. How concerned are you about keeping Seth in the fold? Should he have suitors this off season? In terms of if you're, say you win a bowl, say you go seven and six. It depends who the coach is. If Ryan Silverfield's still the coach, yeah, you absolutely have to keep Seth. If it's a new guy, you know, it'll be tougher to do. Yeah, ultimately it'll be tougher, but ultimately it's okay. It's better. It's not great if you lose Seth, but it'd be easier to stomach 
and easier to deal with because you'd have a new coach who could then go go get his he'd go get another transfer out of the portal. But, but are you in position to take over the conference like you need to be? Like we said, this year needed to be about sort of positioning yourself. If you're starting over at QB, that's why I tie so much to Seth. Well, I just think I, I think it depends who if you if you make the right hire, probably that guy can convince Seth to come back. Like honestly, if you do a good job with the hire, it you know, like ultimately like Seth will have suitors. But with NIL or the and right, everything else. Here's what I'd say. The right guy will be able to have a good quarterback in place at Memphis, mm. no matter the circuit, whether it's Seth or someone else. Like the right choice of a co- coach these days is like, in my mind, someone who can work the transfer portal well. Right. Who has like that type of ability. You know, like you need that. It's like a it's just to me, it's a requirement of the job moving forward. And whether that, you know, who that is, whether it's Ryan or someone else, you know, I don't know. Um, but I, I would say in terms of Seth, it's more important to me because, like, it's going to be hard for Ryan, if he's the coach next year, to go out and get another quarterback, whereas I think a new coach would have a much easier time doing that if that if it came to that. But hopefully Seth will stay. I mean, he said before he said before the season he was, you know, like a loyal guy. Sure. Well, yeah. uh, he, like, made it a point to say that. Um, and I don't I don't think that was just words. You know, I'm not saying that means he's going to definitely stay at Memphis, but I also didn't think I didn't find it to be disingenuous when he said it. Um, and you know, the the question will be, you know, what does this look like moving forward? I mean, if you know, I think today, I think Evan Barnes is about to publish a story. I mean, he talked today, and you know, he called the noise around the program disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's it came off the the way Evan read the quote to me. It came off as uh, someone who's still behind Ryan Silverfield. You know, like so, I think that's a good sign ultimately for everyone involved here, whether it's from Ryan's perspective or you're a Memphis football fan perspective. It's out like, but at the same time, he's said he was kind of disappointed by this by Interesting. talk by us by you know fans by whoever is you know and 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 he, it seemed to be an acknowledgement as well that you know also some people on the team talking about it too you know like they, they it's you can't avoid it um and so um it'll be interesting to see what who you know what they look like against UCF i mean i think you know it's 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 a game you i think you can win you know UCF is not they've only played two road games this year it's very strange and they're one and one in their last road game before they beat Cincinnati, they got pummeled by ECU on the road. So um, I don't think it's some impossible task to go and beat number 25 UCF. Now, I think Seth Hennigan's going to be a really important part of it. The one time Memphis has beaten UCF as a Division One program was two years ago when Brady White had the game of his life and they came back and won the game. I think like that's kind of the effort you need from Seth Hennigan to go, to go win this game on Saturday – but maybe that's what happens, you know. Like, uh, how, what kind? Of, you mentioned you asked it in your column. What kind of crowd? And and is it? I'm a little worried, I mean, even more concerned now because there's rain in the forecast. It's supposed to stop before kickoff, but the fact that there's rain in the forecast that day, that yeah, that, that, good thing that that's here. not that's not that's great. Um, yeah, and no, I don't know what the crowd's well, going to be like. I don't think it's going to be over thirty thousand people. That's I, I don't think so. 
But because your numbers I'm, have I'm, dropped off, Veach is watching this closely. You once fired a basketball coach because essentially because mm-hmm. of attendance. This, I mean, it's tied well, in there somewhere. Maybe not as much. What's down? It's like if the average right now, I think they're averaging twenty-seven something is the number. I I have it written down, but it's like twenty-seven thousand, some somewhere in that range between twenty-seven and twenty-eight thousand per game. But my gut tells me you're going to average less than that over the last three games of the season, especially if you lose to UCF. But I, I think even if you beat UCF. I think these next three home games, you know, I I don't know, maybe UCF will go over 30,000. I just, it's the same time as the Tennessee-Georgia game. It's the weather's exactly. a little murky. Yeah. You know, I, so I, I'll, I'm going to say it's probably going to be in like the 25,000 range would be my guess on attendance for that game. Oof. Right? I mean... I saw some numbers, yes. What in, in your stuff for Barnes, is about it's getting low, is lo- lower than, than Fuente's well, first year. Here's, what, here's, how does it compare to when so here's the, the rise started? I did the calculations. So right now it's 27-something thousand. In Fuente's first season, it was 24,700-something was the first average season. attendance. First season. Yes, yeah. first season. Was 24. Yeah, was 24. Yes. You're 27. If, Listen to this. Right, the, this Memphis football team... Over these last three home games, we'll have to average twenty one thousand or and and change over the last three home games to avoid to not be the same average as um, as the Fuentes as Fuentes first year, and then that means you're now going to this is the lowest attended Memphis football season since Larry Porter. Mm. Um, That's tough. Yeah, yeah. But that's where we're at right now. So I'd, again, right now it's already gar- It's like pretty much guaranteed you're going to be the unless there's some like. I mean, here's what I should say. Now that I'm putting this out there, if I was if I was Memphis, if you, yeah. if I'm someone in the administration at Memphis and you believe in Ryan Silverfield, like I'd be trying to get as many tickets out there and the flood in the market with tickets because yeah. uh-huh. you don't want it. Like it's all it's right now. It's on track to be the lowest attended Memphis football season since 2013, since Fuente's first mm. first year, um, but. If things go awry, these last, you know, because I just don't think there's going to be very many people at the North Alabama game. Right. Now, I don't know what numbers they're going to announce, but I, you know, there's just the reality is the North Alabama game, no matter what you do, just the way it's situated and the way the years went, there's not going to be many people at that game. I know it's senior day and they're retiring Danton Bartow's jersey, but that's just the reality, I think. Maybe maybe I'll be surprised. Someone, people will shock me. Um, And then I just think, Thursday night against Tulsa, I think, especially if you lose to UCF, that's going to be a tough draw. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a very that's why I'm saying it's like a fascinating that's whole little this is, this whole is thing going on over this next month with Memphis football. Wow. Like, what exactly happens? How does this play out? Well, a prettier picture is is Memphis Grizzlies basketball, and we're talking to Mark Giannato from the Commercial Appeal. I, I know they've lost two straight. I think you still got to feel pretty good about where you're at, especially considering what's been a patchwork, you know, lineup rotation for the most part through these games. Um, in terms of any any real concern for you, sort of a question we've been asking this week, whether it's on the defensive side or whatever. I've said that once you can't measure things really until you're more whole, and you've made yeah. the point this team's been whole. What? What's your number? Is it 13? I keep going around quoting. Is it 13% of the season they had everybody yeah, last year? It was like 11 games last year. 11 games 11 last games year. where they had all all the whole lineup out there. You overly concerned about anything you've seen? Not really, no. I even like this argument that they're they're worse off without Kyle Anderson and De'Anthony Belton. Like that's gotten brought back up to the surface. And, 
you know, DeMichael Cole at commercialpeal.com actually has an interesting sort of analysis of the defensive issues, and he points out they've gone from because defensively is where the real like if you're concerned, that's where you should be concerned. Sure, they've gone from being first in the league in blocks and steals to 19th in the league in blocks and steals right now. Um, and that's kind of where their defensive identity was. Like they created havoc and, um, you know, got in transition. And Anthony Melton led the league in steals last year, and Kyle Anderson. Kyle was over a steal, I remember. Well, he led, the league in, he led the league in steals the year before that. Sure like, like, yeah. like you probably would be covering up for Jaron much better if you had those two. I think it's fair to say that. Sure. I'm not saying you should have kept them because of that. I, I don't. I would not necessarily go there. Um, and I think, like, I'm not. I'm just not concerned. It's seven games into the year, and my thought the entire time was: as long as Jaron's out, as long as they're kind of like, as long as Jaron's not out that long, as long as exactly. like only like twenty or twenty five games, as long as he's coming back between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like I at this point is what I sort of anticipate. Like, as long as you're getting by in those first 20, 25 games, like, that's fine. And so, like, in my mind, let's say they go four and three over the next two seven-game stretches. That would put them at 12 and nine through 21 games with Jaron potentially coming back on the right. That'd be great, yeah. I think. Like, frankly, that's what you need. Like, that's yeah. – they kind of done what they need to do. And if they go out tonight and beat a Portland team, this is the type of situation – if you're trying to get by without Jaron Jackson Jr., this is the type of situation you take advantage of. Damian Lillard's not playing tonight for Portland. And we're coming off two losses. We're going to be a little, little more amped up, I think, than they were in that than they were in Salt Lake City. Right. Hopefully they get some of these guys back. You beat Portland, you're two and two on the road trip. That's kind of what we thought, you know, that's what you need to do on the road trip. And so I I am not concerned at all about what I've seen. Um the the things I've noticed that have like in in terms of my concerns in involving the team is like one I just thought like the beginning first few four or five games of the season John Morant was just carrying a really heavy load and I just wondered could he sustain that for a full year can he sustain that for a full year how does he manage all of that um, and maybe it lessens with Jaron out but I was. You know, so but I've been encouraged in recent games. You know, like the the Sacramento game, they won without needing Ja to right. really exert himself. So there've been some promising signs on that end. And then you know, Bain going. It feels like Bain has taken his game to another level. It's like him and Ja both, but Bain definitely. I don't think I expected him I, there to be another step like this. Has it been over thirty the like, last three games? Like for it him? feels like to me, he ridiculous. Is, he he is if he can do if he does what he's done through the first six games for an entire season, he's moved himself into, like, that Chris Middleton range. You know, like that type of player. Yeah. And if he's that with Ja Ooh, and Jaron, like, that is – that is that's that's what you need. <laughs> like, if you want to if you want to win a championship, those – I mean, we saw the Bucks do it with a really versatile big man. I know Jaron is not Giannis in, in some ways. You know, a really versatile big man, a, a really versatile score at the two-guard position – and, you know, they did a little differently because Drew Holiday is not what Ja is, yeah. but a dynamic force in a different way at point guard. You know, and and I, I don't know. I, 
I'm really excited about what I've seen from Desmond Bain. I'm hope, hoping he's back tonight. You know, I don't want this right ankle soreness that he's out with. You know, you hope it's you hope it's just like it was just like a one game thing. Um, and it's not some lingering concern yep. for him that slows him down. Um, but it's been the, the and then the other concern I just have is more. It, it's not logical. It's not like it, it's not logical, but just this eerie feeling that like, man, when are these guys gonna play all together? You know, like I knew, I knew, never gonna happen. I knew going into the season that we were gonna not have Jaron, but it's like this this whole onslaught of little knickknack injuries has been like kind of. Again, it's not logical. All these guys are going to come back soon. It's been like, aggravating. You know, like two yeah, months from now. Frustrating. Two months from now, hopefully they're going to have a whole the, – the team will be all together. By yeah. Christmas time, they're going to ne- be fully loaded and Mark, whatever. Mark, you know it never goes like that. But, like, right now, it's just this eerie feeling of, like, come on. Like, uh, this again? We're yeah. going to go a whole season without seeing the whole thing, like, fully operational, like every piece you want out there, out no, there? I'm excited Are we really going to do that? Yeah. We got to get you out of here, buddy, because you got work to do. You got a show coming up later. He is Mark Giannato. Appreciate you, brother. Listen to him here from 2 to 4. Read him at commercialappeal.com. Follow him on Twitter at mgiannato. Uh, we've got the rundown coming up next, plenty to get to, including the college football playoff rankings. World Series is going to go going on. Phillies are up 2-1. I'm going to lean heavy on Brad on that one. Uh, we'll be back. 92.9 FM, ESPN. Drives the baseline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.